well, 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 would you look at this? We're doing a victory Monday show after a road game against a top 25 team for the third straight year in Mel Tucker's tenure. Yeah, we're going to talk about it all. I, you, let's do it. Okay. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friends, family, even you, the haters, I know some of you are still lingering around here, and I know that you guys are sick because Michigan State righted the ship for now with a top 25 win against Illinois. We're going to talk about everything, all the great things that happened. Yes, we're going to talk about the end of the game as well, but first, hey, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions, they apply. Spartan family, what a joyous victory Monday that we have here as Michigan State. Just like we all predicted, you know, just like how I definitely predicted. Yeah, I was definitely feeling great about this game. Not quite. Uh, wins 23-15. to 15. And honestly, a game that even seemed like a bigger deficit than that. Uh, maybe I'm alone in thinking that, but it really seemed like the Spartans were in control that entire game. And look... Michigan State now 4-5 and five on the season. The bowl game is back in play. You got to win two more games. Then, hey, your next two row, or sorry, your next two games are your best opportunities. You get Rutgers, you get Indiana, then on the road to Penn State. But right now, six wins is back on the table. And look, let's talk about what happened Saturday. I think it's safe to say that it was a per- Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Sorry, hold on. Safe to say that it was a... Pr- uh, pr- uh, pr- what? Am I really going to say that... Am I about to say that Saturday was a program win? What's Saturday was a program win against Illinois. Did those words just leave my mouth? I think they did. Because I think it's true. Look, Michigan State backs up against the wall going into November. Needs to bang out three wins in their last four games. Two of those games being on the road against top 25 teams. You are down eight players due to suspensions last year. And, oh yeah, one of those guys is Jacoby Winman, one of the best defensive players in the conference. The other two guys are, you know, key offensive or key defensive linemen as well. You are starting... In this game on Saturday, four defensive linemen, no defensive ends thanks to suspensions or injuries, uh, and you had two true freshmen playing in the secondary for a bulk of this game in Jaden Mayingham, Malik Spencer, and oh, just to throw you know some more on top of all this, you're only going against you know one of the nation's best running backs in Chase Brown. Uh, you're going against the nation's best defense. They've only allowed six touchdowns going into this game and the whole week. The outside noise about what happened in the tunnel last week. And this team just had to put its horse blinders on and focus on what's in front of them. Incredibly easier said than done. In an already disappointing season as well. That's got to play a factor as well. you got to be really headstrong to have this many defeats going into November. Both on field and off the field. And still be dialed in to take on a team as 17 point underdogs and walk out with a win, just like they did on Saturday. Look, this week, there were two roads this Michigan State team could have taken. 
First one is the easy road, the, the predictable road, the, the road that odds are that a lot of teams would take. Uh, just fold. You know, uh, the season's going horrible. You are playing a team that is, well, better than you. Your team has kind of faltered both offensively and defensively as of late. You're, you're battered on the injury report. You also have everything off the field going on this week as well. Or option two, take the tougher road. Bear down band together, come in laser-focused into this road game in odd conditions as well. You know, 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts going on this game. It's just a crazy environment to be playing in. And Michigan State, those Spartan dogs, the players and the coaches took option B. They took the tougher road, and now we're looking pretty happily <laughs> where we are to start November that is uh look it has been a tough season but they've overcome that and what have we seen <sighs> not as much as we'd like to this season it is players making those key plays throughout the year and there was no shortage of it on Saturday that fourth and goal stop to kick off the game to erase the opening interception massive that was a tone setter for the defense Xavier Henderson blowing up Chase Brown for a fumble deep in their own territory. Amir Speed has 12 tackles. Kimbra had good moments. Halliday had some really nice sticks. Some really nice hits. Aaron Brule maybe his best game as a Spartan. He also had a sack. One and a half tackles for loss. And Peyton Thorne, who we've talked about a lot. I'm sure you've talked about a lot. I mean, because, hey, he's, he's the, the big man on campus. He's the quarterback. He's the engineer of this whole thing, so to speak. He had some big throws in this game. That third and goal, nice little touch pass to Trey Mosley. Dropping his other touchdown pass to Jaden Reed into a bucket in the third quarter. Way easier said than done because of how windy it was. He's going into the wind on that throw and boop, right there for Jaden Reed who was wide open in the end zone. And also had that huge throw, that massive throw in the fourth quarter to keep the drive going to Jaden Reed that was miraculously overturned somehow. Uh, you, if you've listened to this podcast before, uh, you know me. I, I, I do not like using officials. I don't like talking about them. You'd have to go back pretty far in our podcast Rolodex to find an episode where I'm talking about officiating. But MSU also had to overcome that on Saturday. Starting with the Daniel Barker phantom taunting flag right off the bat. And that review that, okay, can't overturn that. Reed clearly caught the ball. And then, oh my goodness, regardless. Hey, MSU won. Doesn't matter. Jalen Berger, best game in a Spartan uniform. Uh, 100 combined yards. He was just explosive through holes. He was launching himself into guys as well, breaking tackles. I, I thought he was outstanding on Saturday. No touchdowns for him, but man, he might have been the best offensive player. And then Jarek Broussard, too, taking advantage of his opportunity because they have shrunk in the last few weeks. But hey, the touchdown and then also the screen pass for a big gain to set up the other well, ultimately, game-winning touchdown as well. And let's talk about, hey, special teams, too. You get a shout-out as well. No, of course, it wasn't a perfect day. It missed an extra point. But uh, Bryce Berenger kind of showed you why he should be winning this Ray Guy Award here in a few weeks. Five punts, four land inside the 20-yard line with an average of about 50 yards per punt. And then also, hey, we're going to shout-out Michael Donovan as well. Now, who on earth is that if you're not paying close enough attention? That was the lawn snapper yesterday. Really tough day at the office in Ann Arbor. Gets it right all throughout the game on Saturday. And once again, I'll say it for the third time or maybe even 15th time. I've lost count. 
in a very windy game in Memorial Stadium. And also, too, look, I, I, I know what happened at the end of the game was kind of infuriating. Uh, you know, I just actually just got off the phone with my dad, and I said, like, I've never been, like, so, like, just upset after a top 20 win on the road just because of what happened at the end of that game. But, but... For the first 58 minutes, and the whole week leading up to this, the coaching staff has to get massive credit. You have to tip your cap to the coaching staff for getting these guys ready to play and in position for a win. Hazleton, with all the injuries, all the suspensions, and also going up against Chase Brown, an incredible running back, was given dog food to paint with. And he came out of this game with his Mona Lisa this year. We give... Hazelton a lot of guff. I'm going to guess that you've given Scotty Hazelton a lot of guff. He has been the opposite of the big man on campus. He, he, he takes a lot of blame here. But when your defense looks that good, you got to give him credit too. I, that was a miraculous performance by the defense with everything going against them. And Jay Johnson too. I Look, was it a perfect game by him? Maybe, maybe not. But I thought he pulled all the right strings in the run game which is something that I've been pretty critical of as of late, especially playing the right guys, being creative with your run game. And look, the offensive line had a pretty good day too, opening holes for Berger, Berger smashing through those holes, not even hesitating whatsoever. So yeah, it was an all-around great performance. And then, hey, look, you got a ladder up to the CEO as well, Mel Tucker, for the third year in a row as a Spartan. And also, hey, if you want to go back to his Colorado days, fourth straight year that he has been the head coach for a road win against a top 25 team. And also, too, when he's been at Michigan State, all of these wins that have come on the road start with 2020 against Michigan. Uh, we'll start with last year. Uh, oh, God. Uh, Miami. Duh. Uh, and then this year against Illinois. I, all of them were as underdogs as well. So, yes, that is a fantastic job by everyone involved, players, coaching staff, and I did not give this team a shot. Uh, we, we had uh, Drew Pistoric. He was a, uh, he's on Oski Talk. That is an Illinois podcast. We had him on last week. And I asked him, do you think this is a trap game? And he said, no, not really. And I 110% agreed with him. 17-point favorites. Their defense was rocking and rolling. Michigan State has so many issues on and off the field. So many distractions. So many legitimate reasons why they should not have even been a factor this game. But dang it. The boys batting down the hatches, and they got a massive, massive win. We're going to single out a player, actually, to kick off next segment, talk about the bowl game, and then, yeah, talk about whatever happened at the end of the game, if that tickles your fancy. But first, really quick, gang, need to talk your ear off about LinkedIn. That is right. We're talking about the platform you already know and maybe also love. It's LinkedIn. I've used it. You've probably used it. These days, everyone... Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. That's right. Just create your job post, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So what are you waiting for? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions. <laughs> you got that right. They apply. 
And let's get more into this awesome game uh, that happened on Saturday. A game that I lost five years off the tail end of my life watching. Um, oh boy, but man, we got to talk about one of these players here that wears the green and white. And we're talking about senior Xavier Henderson. We give him love all the time, but we need to carve out a few more moments to really just talk about how great of a captain he is. Uh, just a, a all around, just just an all around Spartan. You know, he, he, this is a kid that any single every program would want representing their school. The, the way he plays the game, you know, how good of a player he is. You know, that that is you know first and foremost what he means to this team as well. It's no wonder he's a captain every single week. He was the voice that spoke to the media last week when there was a lot going on around the program and just the way he carries himself off the field as well in those press conferences just around the cameras and look it's also just what he is to this team on the field and you know never mind his great plays never mind his nuclear hit against Chase Brown that forced that fumble on Saturday but also too it's like having an 11th coach on this team Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal, which we will have on later this week. Can't wait for that chat. I love Graham Couch, as you guys already know. He actually wrote a column about Xavier Henderson. Um, Because I was going back, looking up Xavier Henderson stuff, and okay, Graham just wrote a whole column about him. Sweet. So I want to pull out one quote from this column. Go check out the whole thing at Lansing State Journal. Uh, But this was from Aaron Brule about Xavier Henderson. Quote, if you're questioning something, you can literally just turn around and say, X, what do you got there? And he'll tell you, if not what to do, he'll tell you what he's got and he'll help you know what to do. His presence has been so felt the last three weeks he has come back from that leg injury. And it's no doubt that, yeah, the absence was felt in that gap where he was hurt. And Graham Couch points out a lot of great stats in this column. I'm not going to read every single one of them, but there is one I'm going to pick out. Opponents average 17 first downs through the air against the Spartans when Xavier Henderson was not playing. Since then, it's 9.3. His presence on the field, again, small sample size, just three games, but that is almost cut in half, the amount of first downs picked up through the air. Xavier Henderson is one of my favorite players to ever walk through East Lansing, and it's just another performance like that yesterday, and just what he means to this team, and hearing his teammates talk about him, which really exemplified just how special of a kid he is. Now, let's talk about bowl games really quick. That's right. Ooh, I kind of got excited there. Because uh, it's back in play. Look, uh, you tell me before the season that you're going to go maybe 6-6, six and six, perhaps 7-5 and five if we still have that dream, and you're going to go to the Quick Lane Bowl or the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, and I would have been like, ah. Oh, eh, well, hmm, that's kind of disappointing, but okay, sure, whatever. You tell me that 6-6 six and six was on the table after the Maryland game or last week after the Michigan game? You bet your sweet you-know-what that I would be thrilled to hear that. And right now, Michigan State in really good position to get those two more wins needed for a bowl game. Uh, this comes from Paul Fanson on Twitter, Dr. Green and White. He also does work at The Only Colors. And big math guy, super smart guy. Puts out a lot of numbers out there that I don't really understand, but these I do understand. And he has projected spreads for the next few games. Now, it has already come out that Michigan State is 12-point favorites against Rutgers with an over-under of 36.5. Get get ready for a really nasty game next Saturday. But 
He uh, predicts Michigan State to win next week by 17 points. And then the Indiana game, Dr. Green and White has Michigan State as a projected 13.5 point favorite. And then on the road to Penn State, 17 point underdogs. And we all know that when Michigan State hits the road against a top 25 team as 17 point underdogs, well, they're never going to win that game, right? But now on a more real note, uh, Michigan State should, 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 knock on wood, should win the next two weeks. And again, we have known from watching the rest of this season that nothing is a guarantee in life, uh, but that it is a really good spot for Michigan State to be in. And look, I, I get it. Why is this so important? Why am I still hung up on this? Well, you get the classics like exposure for your program, uh, the extra practice time, which, you know, especially for a team that has as many young players as Michigan State has, I think that, you know, that's really a big bonus this season. And also, yeah, sure, it's going to be a, you know, not a marquee bowl game by any means. It's not going to be a Peach Bowl championship, but remember that Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl that happened back in 2012? You learned a lot about the team in that game. I don't know if Connor Cook starts the next season as starting quarterback, if not for the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. So there's so much that you can figure out about your team in a bowl game. So, yes, it has not been a great season for Michigan State. But if you could end it in a bowl game, I just do like this little note here. That you can say that even in your worst seasons, you can still make a bowl game. Call it a rebuild. You know, Call that you're still waiting for talent to come through the recruiting ranks. Call it like the injury issues. If you could weather all of that and still make a bowl game, <clears throat> okay, I feel pretty good about things right now. Again, you, you tell me this at the start of the season, whatever, but now like in the midst of the season, as you've seen so many injury issues and you know talent gaps against some opponents, like yeah, uh, that Duke's Mayo Bowl, that Quick Lane Bowl going on, the the Las Vegas Bowl, if you will, if that's going to be an option for Michigan State, that's that's starting to look. Starting to look really nice right now. Um, so yeah, we uh, we got all we got through all that here, um, all the good stuff. You know, talking Xavier Henderson, talking the great plays, talking about bowl games. <clears throat> now it's time to talk about what happened at the end of the game. All right, um, look, I I, I I am happy now about the game. Uh, the emotions that happened right after Michigan State's coaching staff seemingly tried to shoot Michigan State in the foot for the second win in a row. They've done this, just have massive, massive mindless mistakes at the end of the game. I'm officially alarmed. I, I am because, <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound very repetitive of what we talked about after the Wisconsin game. Now, if you forgot about what happened with the Wisconsin game, a whole fire drill to get the field goal unit on the field, horrible clock management. Uh, it, was, it was a gong show that was going on. And it happened again on Saturday. And also, if you really want to go back to last year, which I do, you saw the same things happen against Indiana, but you got lucky, still escaped through the win. You saw it at the end of the first half against Rutgers last year. Luckily, it was Rutgers. You got away with the win. And, you know, the Wisconsin game, luckily, you got away with the win there. Luckily, you got away with the win Saturday. And this is a Walenda-style tightrope act that I don't love continuing. And it is officially alarming. For the second straight win, the second straight win, it almost didn't happen thanks to this coaching staff. And it's it really is. I, I don't want to be, you know, extreme here, but like it is inexcusable what we are seeing happen. Like, look, I I'm not a smart person. I'm not a bright football mind, but I know what to do 
in that late game situation, you probably knew what to do as well. It's a shame that the coaching staff making over a combined $100 million in the next few years did not know what to do. There's a buck 10 left on the clock. It's third down. You have two options. Option one, run the ball to the middle of the field and help out your horrible field goal unit. Your field goal unit is atrocious. Shave 45 seconds of game time off the clock as well. So even if you do miss the field goal, great. There's still only about 25 to 30 seconds of game time left. Or option two, pass the ball. Risk an incomplete pass and, hey, have your kicking unit, you know, the same one that's missed more extra points than they have made field goals on the year, go have them try a kick from the hash in in a complete windstorm. And if they miss, uh, give Illinois the ball back with about a buck ten left on the clock. And uh, against all odds, as simple as a choice as that is, they, they chose option B. And again, you got very uh, fortunate at the end of the game that it was just Illinois and that you did not take a loss there, but it was right in front of you. And also the wind was too. The wind was in front of you and they just tried to not take it. And like, I don't know how Mel doesn't know it by now, but like you don't have a kicking unit. They've missed more extra points than field goals, like I've said. So put them in the middle of the field, shave 40 seconds off. And that play call is just confusing all around. And I had a a listener reach out to me, Donald, great listener, love talking to him. He said, hey, do you think that Peyton Thorne maybe had the option to call a pass there at the line if he saw something? You know, because we saw that too last weekend against Michigan. Instead of sneaking, or yeah, instead of sneaking the ball, he had the option to hand it off. Or last year against Indiana, he had the option to pass if he saw it. This is also the issue too. Don't even make it an option for him to throw there. Don't even make it and just use your brains, shave 40 seconds off, help out your ailing field goal unit, and just, whatever. I digress. They got it done, but man, like, I think at this point, you you have to look into hiring someone that just manages late-game situations. Like, I, to borrow something from the NFL, Nathaniel Hackett, new head coach down at Denver, uh, after the first few games, they realized that, he oh, he kind of short circuits here at the end of games, and they hired a guy to get in the booth and kind of hold his hand through these situations. And I think it'd be a really good idea for Michigan State to do that now because this isn't the first time. It's not the second time. It's the third or fourth time. And that's only the three or four times I'm noticing. I'm sure even smarter football minds have seen other glaring issues that have happened. But I mean, anyone that's even played two games of Madden knows what to do in that situation. But oh, again, you got lucky. They got very fortunate. And oh boy, one of these times, you're not. And it's going to cost you a win. Like the coaching staff seemingly wants to happen. I don't know. I'm kind of just tired of it. Anyway, hey, we're going to get to uh, some of the other coach said. Brett Bielema said. And then we're going to get into a little basketball talk here in a hot second. Because, yeah, the season starts. But also, start your college basketball betting season with betonline.net. That's right. Your number one source for betting football, college basketball. Uh, we got NBA. Just everything that you could possibly bet on. We got golf as well in the mix. Get it done at betonline.net. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games, events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, is at Bet Online. What are you waiting for? Head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends and action that is at Bet Online, where the game starts. 
And we're going to start this third and final segment here with uh, something that Brett Bielma said. And if you would notice, Michigan State had a lot of injuries yesterday. And that's not going to shock any Spartan fan listening to this because Michigan State uh, is... It's just injury university, seemingly. Uh, there's injuries every game, every play, whatever. So, yes, Michigan State <clears throat> on defense had some players go down, stop the clock, and Brett Bielman was really upset that stopped his, you know, Chip Kelly at Oregon-era high-tempo offense. You know how the fighting Illini are on offense. Oh, they're a, they're just a, a jet-fueled machine that's always going and going. You stop them whenever you need to, but anyway... In his post-game press conference, uh, said, quote, They set a record for injuries, and miraculously, everybody came back from them. Okay, that's first of all, that's just not true. Not everyone came back from those injuries, but that is a, that's a good quote, Brett. Uh, that's a great way to take accountability there. Because, um, yes, we all know Michigan State came into this game with just a treasure chest of depth. So when a guy goes down, has to miss a play, it was just so easy for Michigan State to plug in another guy there because oh, we packed the plane, packed the bus with players. Um, yeah, because Mel Tucker and the coaching staff couldn't have been more thrilled to take a, a a player out the field and put in essentially a kickoff tee kid out there for one or two plays. But I like that though, Brett. That that's nice. Don't don't look at the mirror. Don't look inward at what happened. Make a boogeyman up about Michigan State faking injuries to get more time. Um, or, you know what, maybe option B is, is a good pick, too, of just looking in the mirror, taking accountability. This is the first time in a generation that you've had more than 16 fans in your stadium for a November game at Illinois. You're a top 20 team. You're welcoming in a team that's down eight players due to suspension and even more due to injury, a team that you had every right to mentally break down early in this game hell they even gave you a gift right off the bat first play interception uh-oh didn't take advantage of that didn't take advantage of any opportunity and well just like your basketball team seems to do every single march you, you guys folded at the slightest bit of pressure the slightest bit of adversity and that's just the illinois way so i don't know brad maybe just focus less on our players maybe a tad more on yours and maybe your coaching ways? I don't know. That was a really bad loss. 17-point favorites at home. We're talking going to Indianapolis. We're talking Rose Bowls. And you let this you let this Michigan State team clap you like that? But, yeah, it was all because uh, Michigan State had some players go down. Because, again, I'm sorry, faking injuries. Because famously known, famously known that Kendall Brooks isn't, you know... <laughs> Alien from a lot of injuries. No, not poor kid. That's that's nice. Anyway, hey, enough of that great win by Michigan State, and hopefully we could talk about another great win on Monday night, but in a different sport. Men's basketball officially kicking off their season against Northern Arizona. It's going to be at Breslin Center if you're in the area, or Big Ten Plus if you're going to be like me, watching from afar. But yes, if you don't have Big Ten Plus, sign up. Ten bucks a month. Cancel the subscription right after, or keep it. I don't know. It's up to you, but... Northern Arizona, uh, they did have one exhibition, and they blitzed SAGU American Indian in its exhibition. The score was like like 350 to 63 or something like that, but let's get to know a little bit about Northern Arizona here. I don't want to go into this game completely dry. Do I have a full like three-hour breakdown for you? No, but here is the long and short of Northern Arizona. 
They play in the Big Sky Conference, if you didn't know that. And the preseason media poll, they have met the seventh best team in uh, the Big Sky Conference there. So not a lot to expect out of Northern Arizona. They do have a returner, though. That was third team all Big Sky last year. That is 5'11 point guard Jalen Cohn. 35% shooter from three, but he shoots a ton. At the end of last season, this guy was getting off like 20 shots per game. So if you can lock down Jalen Cohn, which, hey, that's a good assignment for A.J. Hogard. It's a good assignment for Tyson Walker, if you will. Okay, you're going to feel pretty good about Michigan State's chances on Monday if you don't already feel good about them. And then another good big man they have, six foot eight Nick Mains. So, yeah, he's good three-point shooter. He can extend the floor. So, it, 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 look, I, I'm not going to just... Lie to you that this should be a cakewalk for Michigan State, as we know. Uh, I think the big storyline here is something that we're going to find out even before the game, I think, and that's the health of Jaden Akins. Will he play? Izzo said that he has to see him practice three times without any injury issues or any pain, any discomfort. He had one practice that we know of last week. Did he practice over the weekend, and will we see him, and how long will he play? I think that's the most fascinating storyline going into this game on Monday night. And the other ones are just the same ones that we had for the Grand Valley State game, like how are the freshmen going to play? You know, Jackson Kohler will rock in the first half against Grand Valley State, but really came on in the second half. But, again, it's Grand Valley State, so we'll see. Um, we're going to talk about it tomorrow. We'll have Stephen Brooks on as well for two segments, and then break down the Northern Arizona game as well. But until then... Hey, keep it tuned. Lock on Spartans, your team, five days a week. Love you all. Go enjoy your week. Let's go. Go Green.